0: Guaranteed not to like a racist meme on Instagram. Welcome back to Motorsport 101.
1: I was telling them, I was telling them for years that this dude was like this.
0: Rest in his Noah Gregson. I will only have two words to add to this dialogue. Pack watch. Welcome to episode 463 of Motorsport 101. I'm your friendly neighborhood host, Dre Harrison. And then over the next hour, we're going to talk about some more fun and actually entertaining things about American motorsport and not some dickhead from NASCAR. Well, formerly NASCAR. But <laughs> I walk out here with every night with hustle, loyalty, respect
2: on my sleeve. That is the creed that I've adopted from the men and women who defend this social media platform. We have caught... And compromise to an indefinite end, the Legacy Motorsport Club indoor endure- employment of Noah Gregson. Legacy Motorsport
1: Club? Fuck. Legacy Motor Club. The artist formerly known as Patty.
0: Literally and figuratively. Uh yeah, that's fun. Um, oh by the way, Andre Harrison. Welcome to Motorsport 101, by the way. We're gonna talk about IndyCar's Music City Grand Prix in Nashville. Oh boy, now we 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 were psych- we, we were cycling um through these this calendar for IndyCar and we looked at Nashville and I was like, oh no. Here we go again. Nashville's gonna be a shit show again, isn't it? And actually, it, Wasn't turned, that out, bad? it turned out it turned to be a pretty good race. Um yeah. generally speaking, the, the drivers behaved themselves and it turned into a good strategic race. What's yeah. to love? Loved it. Yeah, good stuff. RJ O'Connell, like, your crops are flourishing over there because your home race finally came good. (laughs) It's crazy. I have not lived in the
2: southeastern United States for nearly three years now, right? If I need to go to Nashville, that's a flight away now. And I haven't made that flight ever since. I moved up here to, to somewhere in New England. But generally speaking, good race. And hey, King is back. Long live the king. And it has been a hot minute for Kyle Kirkwood is back on
0: the top step of the podium. We told you this boy was good. We've told you numerous times we thought this boy was good. We dedicated an entire podcast to talking about how we thought this boy was good. And it turns out that boy is good. Isn't that right, Cam Buckley?
1: Damn right. You're damn right he's good. King Kyle never left.
2: He Dude. just was... You know, chained to a flight drive for a year. It's crazy. One year ago, his race ended with him uh, just broadsiding David Malukas into a tire barrier. <laughs> oh,
0: <I'm> about-
2: <laughs> <laughs> My, how fortunes change! But not for David Malukas, who had a combination rear wing and gearbox failure all in one go. Yeah,
1: yeah, had a fire on the car, which causes rear wing to fail, which is about as. That's about the most David Malukas thing that possibly Is that could have happened. Coming, his his year comes. has not been a good one, has it?
0: Uh, Car- uh, like, as, as Jason says in that chat, cartoon anvil treatment right there. Um, yeah, it's like just when you thought things are going well for him, the anvil falls on his head. He's 17th in the championship right now. David Malukas deserves better than that. And yeah, did, this, this,
2: was, the, was the cartoon anvil signed on loan from Alexander Rossi? Might have done.
1: I don't know. Given how Rossi's weekend went, I think it actually was one of those, one of those missiles that splits off into multiple cartoon anvils.
0: Oh, it's it's the cluster bomb from uh, from Worm's Armageddon. again. If not, the blast range of the Concrete Donkey was large enough where both of them got collected in the same. Interestingly incident. enough,
2: I, if you told me that the Concrete Donkey was a honky tonk bar in Nashville, I would believe you.
1: <laughs> yeah no w- without a question like okay what streets it on
0: exactly the wing's like, good. Well, just it's just, just it's just around the corner so we're going to talk a little bit about that Carl kirk we're taking his second win of the year ahead of scott mclaughlin who did everything right and finished in second again in nashville uh from pole position and he must be thinking god what have i got to do to keep doing this and uh wait hang on a minute Alex Polo was furred again. How does this keep happening? Why? How? It, it, th-
1: this man was born with a natural 20 in his hands. <laughs> I, 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 he's just invulnerable to all threats, physical
0: or magical. He, he he is the walking, like, he is the greatest d d player of all time, clearly. He only rolls 20s because he finished third when he really shouldn't have done. We'll get into a bit more detail as to why that was, because this was a game of strategy all race long. We'll talk a little bit about a certain surprise debut, because uh, Linus Lundqvist was in there uh, this weekend in the uh, numbers, number 60 car this weekend, and did pretty well until he crashed. But hey, the vibes are good coming out of him because it will be taking over again this weekend for the Indy Road Course race, the Gallagher Grand Prix, the second Indy Road Course race of the year. But it might be coming at Simon Pagenaud's expense. We'll talk a little bit more in detail about that because I've been I've been waiting for the right podcast to talk about this in more detail, and this feels like the right one. We'll talk about that and a little bit more about Nashville. Uh, not only. Well, we've kind of hinted at this towards the end of last week's show as a breaking news story, but now we have it officially official that Nashville will be staying on the calendar as the season finale going forward, and it's a new layout featuring Broadway. It looks like a pork chop. Um, so we'll talk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> looks like a musical note. Tell the good people where you can find this podcast.
0: We are on motorsport101.com for all of our podcasts and all of our extra written content written by yours truly. If you want an a massive deep dive into my weekend at Silverstone and, of course, the MotoGP race itself, you can listen. You can read that all my thoughts on IndyCars, Music City Grand Prix in extra detail over on there as well. Early access is just a dollar for the month of August over the summer break. No better time to be a Patreon backer than right now. Motorsport 101.com has a Patreon page on there. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 to back us financially on there to support us as well. And on social media we are at motorsport101pod on Instagram as well as on X. Fuck oh on X at Motorsport underscore 101. Our personal handles are at Dre underscore WTF one at RJ O'Connell and at C Buckley nine one seven without further ado, let's get into the music city Grand Prix at Nashville.
1: Kyler Kirkwood took advantage of an overcut in the middle of the music city Grand Prix to take the lead over a very fast and pole-sitting Scott McLaughlin and never really looked back, surviving a late charge from the Kiwi to win his second race of the season, ahead of Scotty Mac, and... well, who else? How the (laughs) hell does Alex Pillow keep doing this? He finished third on a strategy that had him dead to rights in the middle of this race. So,
2: gang... Are we surprised we beat the Crashville allegations? We beat the Crashville allegations. Yes, we did have a track blocker that led to a red flag with a few laps to go. But generally speaking, you get through at least 75 or 80% of this race without a caution. We have beaten the Crashville allegations. We've done it. We've done it.
1: And let's be real, they only threw that red flag because IndyCar has developed a severe allergic reaction to finishing races under
2: yellow.
0: I, I can't keep, I can't help but keep scratching it. <sighs>
2: uh, so uh, I, okay, Clint Boyer. So, Gabba <laughs> Glocklin is pretty much got this first set in control, and he's got in control on the alternate tires, which are pretty much junk. It's a hot day. This is a primary tire race. Uh, but fair enough, he stretches more life out of these tires than he should have. Hits after 25 laps. Then it settles into Roman Grosjean versus Kyle Kirkwood in the battle for the lead. Mm. Grosjean comes in one lap, Kirkwood comes in the net, and McLaughlin comes out between behind Kirkwood and ahead of Grosjean, and McLaughlin would never regain the lead or net lead of the race thereafter. To <sighs> Kyle Kirkwood. I, I, I would, I would, I would hesitate. I would not want to call him like a street circuit specialist because, like, I've seen it in the Nets. he's good at all types of circuits, but he has been very good on street circuits this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a bit early days. I mean, we are still talking about a guy that's only had thirty. IndyCar starts and 18 of them were with AJ Foyt, which might as well not exist in the grand scheme of things, but it's the second street track that he's won. And this, the, both races were very similar in that it, pace was the order of the day. How good were you at open air? And how good were you able to make your strategy work? And McLaughlin, was on the alternate tire. He was fast. He went longer than anybody else on said tire. It was a primary tire race. And shout out to Brian Herter. Like, we forget Brian Herter was being race engineer for his own son Hmm. until the round before Long Beach this year. The first race he and Coco were together, they won. That's uh, that's crazy. And Long is- Beach, with Grosjean directly behind him, funnily enough, and that was like uh, Andretti's best day in IndyCar for years, where they were first, second, and fourth that yeah. that weekend.
1: And it's sh- it's really it should have been better since then, because of course Kyle was knocked out of the Indy 500 through no real fault of his own. He was gonna be in that fight for the lead coming down the stretch when. Uh, well, he had a tire peeled off of his car and launched into someone's Chevy Cruze by Felix Rosenquist's own accident. Um, yeah, this guy's good. This guy shouldn't have been shackled to a Floyd drive for a year. He was always good enough to plug into this car from the start, and I mean, resisting Scotty Mac for pretty much three quarters of a race. Yeah. Well, we know what Scotty Mack is capable of through traffic. He's a phenomenal passer. You know, Jandal first, fuck yeah, etc.
2: And mm-hmm. on multiple late race restarts, I mean, yes, we did have a couple of incidents late in the race. One we'll talk about, there was a track blocker at the end, which created a, another, like, relapse for it to the finish. But RJ, he uh,
1: nailed both restarts. Yeah, he he, nailed, nailed both he left Scotty for dead on both restarts. There was That's Scott. He didn't wow. leave him an opening. That's nope.
2: Scott Laplante. That's 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 a pretty damn good driver. And when he was driving 10 tops, he was good around street courses. Let's not forget. How could we?
0: Yeah, he, he's he's always been this good. He's all like to borrow a line from Peter Drew and Lionel Messi won the World Cup. He's always been the point of difference, and he has proven he can do this at every level of of motorsport, and he continues to do so. Like if anything what this second win does for me is just highlight how annoying Andretti's season has been across the board like kirkwood talk about this with aprilia last episode right pretty uh, much, like, like they're the definition
1: of close but no cigar and right. kirkwood and, and heard of very much kind of blown as hot or as cold as Andretti is blown. Oh, um, Holden
2: Herta, he was running up front for a good chunk of this race. First, he gets bullied and gets passed by like eight cars in the space of a handful of corners. And then his car dies during the red flag.
0: Yeah, it's just, it was a brutal weekend for him. It was weird because he, he he got out of the way of Padua Ward driving into the rear of Scott McLaughlin's car on a restart. And then he just got bullied by a bunch of people, like including Kirkwood. Kirk was one of the dudes who nudged him. His own teammate hit him. I was going to make this point. Kyle Kirkwood has been tremendous this year. Like, he is absolutely one to watch as a future title contender. I actually saw in Marshall Pruitt's latest City Season update, Pensky are apparently eyeing up Kirkwood as a future willpower successor. Oh, dear God. Could you imagine a fleet of Penske's with Newgarden, McLaughlin, and Kirkwood? Could you imagine Joseph Newgarden is the old guy in a Penske stable? What the hell is this? Right. The, the point I'm uh, getting that yeah. here right is that if anything, it's been frustrating that Kirkwood still is a little bit rough around the edges. He still is a bit dodgy in terms of his race craft. In, in, we saw it in Toronto where he, he hit the back of Helio Castroneves' car and caused a multiple car accident. He nudged Pato Award at Road America. He nudged his own teammate when he had no reason to during Nashville. He's still a bit clumsy and are still a bit rough around the edges, but I'm nitpicking over the upside of this guy, which is humongous. We sort of like, can like
1: about pretty much everyone at Andretti be, besides Devlin. Right. Um, like, everyone there is extraordinarily fast. Like, uh, there has been a point where pretty much every competitive Andretti has been the fastest car on a given weekend. Um, but all three of their main guys are rough around the edges. And combined, they can make mistakes. And they can get themselves into wins. trouble.
2: They've combined for two whole wins, and they all belong to Kyle Kirk with this season. There's not a good first race for Colton Herda at his first race in Nashville since moving to the area. Romain Grosjean tried the Christian Lungard mustache trick, got him back in the top 10. Thankfully, solid, solid from Grosjean, he decided, but he's decided to shave the mustache.
1: Uh, it was solid from Grosjean, but like another case of probably what could have been because he went from fighting for the win to why did they put him on alter- why did they
0: put him on alternate tires for the last stint? He had to just take- really He could have
2: taken the middle stint for that.
0: They 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 went primary primary alternate on Grosjean's run. I don't like that sequencing. It, it, you should it, uh, primary alternate primary. It feels like
1: they put him on the alternate strategy as a guinea pig and it just blew up in his face. Still got a good result out of it, but it could have been more. It should have been vote him. It really should have been, and that would have been that would have cleansed a lot of the bad juju that Grosjean has been carrying around, but still, it's better than crashing. And Colton and it, Herda, I think, is just wearing the cartoon anvil at dude, this point.
2: I think I think we just I would love to see Colton Hurta in F1, but I think it's time we just if we do not mention Colton Hurta and Formula One in the same sentence, Colton Hurta will be a healthier, more successful driver, because I swear as soon as he started getting linked to that Fianza seat, it has been nothing but.
1: And, well, And thank God he dodged that bullet given the bus that AlphaTauri has produced this year. Uh, can Colton, we talk
0: about uh, Alex Pillow? Uh, uh, Briefly, i this real quick. Colton Herzer has now gone 25 races since his last win. Oh uh, That seems awesome.
1: And, and it feels like there's been a dozen races that he could have won, and through Andretti issues or self-inflicted errors, he just hasn't.
2: Hey, can we talk about how Alex Pillow pitted, like, five or six laps earlier than everybody and still salvaged third place.
1: No, no, I'm, I'm checking the code in this game because Alex Blow had to have modified <laughs> that RNG. He <laughs> was dead to rights on that strategy. He was going to finish 15th at a stretch, and he got two, two opportune cautions down the stretch to just eke out enough fuel to finish third and drive even more points home on Joseph Newgarden's skull.
2: Only four points, but, you know, that's... It's,
1: it's, Joseph it's, it's needs to be taking been. out a huge chunk every race. He can't it's, be it's losing never,
2: points. It's never, ever been in his destiny at this point, I don't think. Not Even after he won Iowa, it was never in his destiny. I was going to
0: say, this was a golden chance for New Garden. This was was one of New Garden's better road and street races all year long. It's his home race. He finished fourth. That's a good result for a guy whose average on road and street practice here has been nine. That's a great result for Joseph. Didn't matter. Lost four points. And more importantly, he lost a round to close the gap in.
1: Yeah. Pillow pulled out more points on him, uh, but threw a couple of people right out of mathematical contention in this race because there, there's nothing you can do about him.
2: The people
1: who beat him this weekend are irrelevant in the championship.
2: Yeah, like Kyle Kirkwood's fallen by the wayside. He is points behind Christian Lundgaard, and Scott McLaughlin is well over 100 points in rears. I, he's not catching him. We have not seen a driver clinch the championship in IndyCar since this, before the final race of the series since the sport reunified
0: in 2008. He's <laughs>
1: just too bulletproof.
0: Oh, and guess what round's coming up next? The one he dominated earlier this season. Indianapolis again.
1: Broke the field over his knee.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Only now it's going to have more NASCAR in the paddock too. I mean, there yeah. was a
1: realistic shot that had they not put him on that strategy...
0: He probably could have been fighting for the win. His pace it, was monstrous. His pace was as good as anybody's. Just your track position was not there, and they gambled on the early David Malukas rear wing failure caution that came out, and he was caught bang to rights. They told him to push as hard as he could because they knew they were going to run out. They did not have enough fuel to make the end until Linus Lundqvist hit the wall with, a, with 10 to go. And then the track blocker of I think it was Canapino, Rosenquest and Benjamin Peterson yeah, yeah. that caused that that second to last, that final caution and that late red flag that, that got Polo back in back into play on fuel and yeah, third again. He, he again he, like, he he just keeps rolling twenties. I don't know he, how he keeps doing this. Well and, and
1: we've said this on this podcast before, we'll say it again. You win your championships on your bad days. His bad days are a broken front wing and second and third on a god awful strategy. There's just nothing you can't take points out of that.
0: Average finish on this year is still three point four. His average finish went up. He's unplayable. No. He's on un- well, said, Gateways Gateway is Joseph's last chance. He has, he has to beat him a Gateway badly. Otherwise, we're done here. Um, oh.
1: I know exactly how it's going to go. Pillow is going to run ninth all race, not great pace. He's going to and he's going to somehow end up third. Yeah.
2: Just it's because... not in Joseph's control anymore. No. Alex Pillow is going to have to fail to finish a race if Joseph Newgart and has any chance well, of getting back in this championship.
1: Well, RJ, that was it. He had control in this race and it just got ripped right back out of his hands.
0: Yeah. Speaking of control, let's talk a little bit about the situation of Mayer Shank, um, and it's not an easy one here. Latest driver to fill in for Simon Pagenaud though, was uh, Mayo Shank Racing was 2022 Indy Next Champion, Linus Lundqvist, and he sadly crashed out 10 laps from the end, but was running 11th at the time. What did you make of Linus' of debut? and the worrying signs that Pagano is about to miss his sixth consecutive race because it's already been confirmed he will not race at the uh indianapolis road course for the galaga grand prix this weekend then this is back in the car again for the second race in a row during the doubleheader this weekend so okay. yeah so um to start
2: off on the lundquist side of things um if i didn't express it enough you know the last time we talked about indian X versus formula 2 The talent in Road to Indy is not the problem. There's a lot of things that are wrong there, but it's not like they lack for talent. I think this year, I think this race really illustrated that, yes, Linus Longquest may have crashed, but the wrong two drivers got the call because if Stingray Rob was not named Stingray Rob, it it, at this trend be remembered in the same vein as any other anonymous IndyCar bust. Benjamin Peterson was great at the 500, but he's been poor elsewhere. And another crash coming off a race where you were parked for being too slow is not helping matters. Liam Lundqvist has come in and changed the fortunes of a team that is by and large underachieved this year. Hell, Shank Racing, since 2021, when Elio won the 500, when it was announced they're getting Simon Pagino and Elio's coming back full time, we're thinking, wow, the sky's the limit even with these two old dudes at the team. They've been largely underachieving on the IndyCar side of things. I wouldn't even call it underachieving. I'd call it poor. Linus did all this work. He got to the second round of qualifying, first time of asking. I I think Paginot once was the only other driver that made the second phase of qualifying on a road and street course this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. he runs solidly <laughs> in the top 10. You know, he's banging on a good, the door of a scoop result. By the way, for half this race, he had his cooling scoop off, fall off the car. And anybody who's living in the Southeast tell you that, like, yeah, it's. it's
1: it was hot a spicy. Humid ball. I mean, down there. I mean, we saw it with the tires that the alternate tires it was just too hot for them. They just melted in the sun.
2: Mm-hmm. 21 degree weather. Wait, like, Linus put in a phenomenal first audition for make no uh, there was mistakes made by a lot of parties that's why Linus slingquist didn't get a full-time seat this year that will not happen again next year i feel like he will find a way somehow to get onto this grid and i hate that this opportunity is coming at the expense of simon pagino and any 500 winner any car champion a my overall runner up daytona 24-hour winner He's been sitting out multiple rounds. If you hadn't heard, uh, he had this bad crash in mid-Ohio practice. Car tumbles over, lost his brakes. Hasn't been cleared to race ever since. It's a tough one because, like, we've seen it with many times many athletes and concussions. Like, sometimes you can bounce right back the second you're out of protocol. It's just, like, you keep trucking on, like, it's no big deal. But then sometimes you have cases like, well, Millions of people watched to attack a Vailoa take one of the more uncomfortable hits in NFL history just this past season. And we all know the Miami Dolphins rushed him way back to Supermichry. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Took, it, took a lick in 2002 that had ramifications 15 years down the road. Most recently, Kurt Busch took a not that bad looking hit, but it ended up being the thing that put him out of NASCAR as a full-time driver, uh, so
1: he's he's still out, RJ. He yeah. still hasn't raced since that. Daria doesn't look like he's well. going
2: to. Dara Franchini as well. Uh, when he hit the catch fence in Houston, uh, Doctor said, yeah, you're never going to race again. I like what I do like is that Simon's been very transparent about his timeline for recovery. Uh, they're not rushing him back too soon. I just say that if you're out here thinking that msr is just doing this as a convenient means to audition other drivers or that anybody's lying about this you're, you're frankly a damn idiot <laughs> in my opinion
1: you know yeah i mean i'm i want to, to, to be fair I'm we worried. all
2: want simon to come back
1: we all I'm want to worried. come back. but i'm very worried about simon's well-being yeah, yeah. if we have had next to no details He's not shared anything. MSR has not shared anything. Um, and it's been over, it's been well over a month now, but better part of two months with basically no medical update. He's been giving us steady updates through socials. He's been giving us updates that he's not ready, hmm. basically, yeah. which is more or less the kicking, the kicking of the can down the road that we got with Kurt Busch up until the point where we got the, yeah, I'm not racing anymore full time. Um, first and foremost, I just want Simon to be okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Because, absolutely. That's the most important um, thing. Like
2: none of us want MSR to throw him back in the car too soon. Or anybody to throw him back in the car too soon.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, he also has sports car commitments with MSR. We'll see how long those last given, uh, the current rumblings out of the M paddock, and indeed the implications that that will have on their IndyCar program Because uh, let's just say there's some people in that team who are, uh, Probably not working there anymore next year.
2: Well, what I will say is that MSR mm. does have an announcement tomorrow. I do not think it's going to be about Simon per se, but they will have an announcement tomorrow of kind regarding the future of their team. We do know that Tom Blomquist for months has been eyed up and moved back to single-seaters. And remember, he is an MSR driver, not necessarily Honda driver, anybody else? Yeah. Is-
1: yeah he is explicitly done. um contracted to msr um to touch on lundquist for a little bit honestly g- given we've seen far more experienced people drive like damn fools at this track mm-hmm. i'd say that you could do a lot worse than debuting getting through to qualifying too and then setting he was the fastest car he set the fastest lap of the race You could do a whole lot worse than that showing before he hit the wall. Yeah. Um, And yeah, the people who got the call up this year full time, I'm going to be honest with you. They're both garbage. I'm going to rip the bandage off right now. Benjamin Peterson has driven terrible to borderline unsafe. Mm hmm had a couple of opportunities this year. And Stingray Rob, well, was just disqualified for a team slash him violation last race. Um,
2: It's, not, it's I, not the fact that Rob has been, like, bad. It's just been like, he's been under fucking, he's just been nowhere.
1: He's been nowhere. He's been involved in a series of crashes that have looked goofy.
0: To then, his teammate, and took that teammate the first in the row course so race. He hit Maluka sound.
1: Yeah, he wiped out his teammate. The the cardinal sin. <laughs> if, he,
2: if he was <laughs> not named Stingray
0: Rob, if, they, if, if, if he, he was, was not named
2: Ray Stingray
1: Rob, would he be more memorable than any other person who went to coin and did not much?
2: Francesco Dracone, Rodolfo Gonzalez, God, even in recent years, they've had to scrape from the bottom of the barrel
1: Cody. Just there. first and foremost, because I am I am the Pagano fan on the podcast. I've met the dude multiple times. Um as a vibe. Yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Wonderful, wonderful to talk to in person. Uh, it was fun. Seeing him for the promotion for the now famously canceled Boston IndyCar race. I knew him from sports cars previously. I say hi to him. He's like, you know me?
0: <laughs> Bless.
1: Because this was uh, like, this was early 2016. He had just come off a not amazing first year at Penske. I'd say he made up for it in 2016 and then just, in 2019. Just, just touch. Um, I just hope he's okay. Yeah. Because yes. huh. the, the going this long with basically no Metal girl News. I'm really worried about his well-being.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I've let you guys talk this out because there's, there's, you've taken a lot of what I was going to say. I mean, my general thoughts are, first and foremost, I, I hope the quality of his life is okay. That's the, first, yeah. that's the most important thing. He, I mean, he seems cognitively aware and the updates he has shared, which is good, um, mm. which is the most important thing. Um, it is concerning. He's going to miss six races. I know uh, a part of that is IndyCar's very intense schedule, especially in the middle of the year, um, which doesn't help. But generally speaking, and I've mentioned this before on this show many a time, we have barely scratched the surface on head injuries in sport. We There is so much... Um, Unbroken ground left to explore. I mean, a couple of examples. It still angers me that Moto GP doesn't have a concussion protocol. You know, like despite the fact that head injuries are very common in crashes that take part nature. in that sport. By think
1: motorcycle racing, I mean. I mean, I'll I'll tell you for free that I have had my bell rung coming off of a bike before, mm. coming off of a dirt bike, and it fucks with you. Yeah. Absolutely, um, like, like like That's your Moto, computer.
0: Yeah, MotoGP doesn't have a head injury doesn't have a head injury protocol yeah, that's crazy. when it really not, should. To
2: be, not to be that guy, but Slam Ball, available to watch on the ESPN Plus network, has a concussion protocol.
0: Right now in our national sport of soccer, there is genuine investigations that are going into linking the possibility of heading the ball and an increased risk of Alzheimer's and dementia. Wow.
2: And that's not even like a traditional context, but that's not a context where in the sense of like American football, right. rugby, ice hockey, any of that stuff. Yeah.
0: Like to, to, to the point where they're saying that you might be four to five times more likely to get it. If you had a significant career playing football, because heading the ball is like giving yourself mini concussions over an extended period of time. Now, don't get me wrong, it's still initial research and then obviously more will be under underdone and, and obviously more will be will be done over over time. But there is genuine calls to eliminate heading from football. Like okay. like and uh, like that's how serious we're talking here. Mm. Um, where we could be a, we could have Heading eliminated from the game altogether. Like that's still probably a few years away, but it's certainly a possibility that's on the table. We, we we are still so far off where we need to be as sports entirely when it comes to dealing with head injuries. Um and but look, the worst way is I'm spitballing here because we just don't know how hurt or how far off full fitness Simon Pageant though even is. And don't get me wrong, he has no obligation to tell us I need to stress Not at all. This. Yeah. Well, I, this I need is to stress his this. Because, yeah, Cam's absolutely right. I've said it when Michael Schumacher got hurt, and I will say it again here. He owes us nothing. It's a medical issue. That's between him and his doctors. Like, that's got nothing to do with us. We are not obligated to know what exactly he's going through. But as a sports fan, as a racing fan, having seen what happened with Kurt Busch and how the parallels are too, too much to ignore, at this point, I'm concerned, and, and and I think it's valid to be concerned about his general well being going forward, in terms of being able to drive a race car. Because, like Cam said, Simon Pagenaud is a fascinating character, one of the genuinely most interesting people in IndyCar. He's raced so many different disciplines over over the last twenty years. He's a genuinely funny, entertaining person. He's never taken himself too seriously, and like he's a fantastic race car driver, and has been for many, many years. One of the best in the series. I it say would...
1: pretty much everywhere he's gone. I, I mean, I I watched him starting out actually in LMP two in mm. uh, the, the mighty LMP twos of the late two thousands with uh with the Acuras, and then got a factory Peugeot drive that only ended because Peugeot up and shuttered the program at the end of
2: twenty eleven. I remember. His, bra- his first year in Champ Car in 2007. I actually actually showed some people that first race on the streets of Las Vegas, but not the streets that F1 was racing around. No, no, these are far less glamorous streets, but Simon Pagino did, did a pretty good account for himself in that rookie year against his teammate, Will Power?
1: I just remember him in the final stages of Le Mans 2011 just – in the what is the closest finish of the modern age at Lamont, Not the closest finish of all time, but certainly closest in the last fifty or so years. Just going blow for blow with the the crew in the number two Audi in changeable conditions in a car that was perhaps half a step off of where Audi was in twenty eleven, just wringing its neck. And then you know everything he's done in IndyCar It's been a lean couple of years, but he put the field in a casket in 2019 at the 500 oh massively um you know one of the most dominant 500 performances of the modern age like to to only echo to to echo what dre said is again he he doesn't owe us an update you know he owes us only you know what he can tell us when he's ready i just hope he's okay yeah indeed that's the only thing i can say about is i hope he's all right and i hope this isn't the end of him in a competitive racing car because he is one of my favorite drivers still taking part in any series
2: absolutely like if if heaven forbid we've seen we've already seen Simon Pagenaud drive his last race in IndyCar 15 wins 38 podiums over a 14 year career across both sides of the split including time off you won Rookie of the Year in both Champ Car and IndyCar. That, that is a remarkable achievement. It's just, yeah, I I, I don't want to see it go out this way, but all I can do is just hope for some better news down the road.
0: We'll stick with you on this one, RJ, as well, because we got the news literally breaking as we recorded our Formula E season finale last week that Nashville is... Now confirmed as the season finale um, of IndyCar, moving away from Monterey and the Laguna uh, Seca race. It's going to be over there. It's got a new Broadway layout. RJ, you're the you're the biggest champion that's, that's advocate the, of this that's place
2: as the resident Nashville expert. Let me let me just talk a little bit about the new course. Okay, so if you're the promoter of this event, you had broad you had Broadway, the big street. It's like It's like if you were to have a street race down Las Vegas, you got to have the Strip. If you were to have a street race in New York City, you got to have Times Square in it somehow, although you really can't do that nowadays. But you can have a race through Broadway if you're racing in Nashville. Had to happen. Kind of feels weird that they didn't have it. Plus, you open up the event to be more like a festival-type event, and that's what the promoters of this event are promising. Concerts every night on race weekend. Promising another great time at the world's largest, fastest outdoor bachelorette party slash paddle tavern. I'd say if you can replace bits of football stadium car park with an actual landmark of the city, you've done a good job. And I will say, having walked those streets, there's more challenge to it than it looks like on the two D drawing. Like there's there's the left hander that feeds right back onto Korean Veterans Boulevard, feeds right back on the bridge. That's an off camber uphill corner. That's going to be. Interesting to negotiate. And as Marshall Pruitt wrote this week, a lot of mechanics and teams will be happy that the current turn 11 that passes by the current Nashville Stadium is gone. Though I look at that new left-hand hairpin going east off the bridge and then wrapping back around where turn 9 used to be. Could be great. Could be a mess. Could be a hot mess. (laughs) I don't feel like I can lie. I'm disgusted. <laughs> remember, if this new course flops, you can blame the Tennessee Titans for deciding, no, we don't want to renovate our new team. We're going to build one at $2.1 million next door, which, by the way, the same cost adjusted for inflation that it took to build the current Wembley Stadium.
1: Yeah. Well, when in doubt, blame the Titans. I think we can say that for a That's lot fun. of things. That's um, you know, the the first thing I see when I see the new layout musical note. I actually thought Boxy Avis, which I'm sure now Ryan Eric King is now sharpening a knife somewhere. Oh, chop. Um I, I think... Two things. They took away pretty much all of the choke points that cause all the stupid track-blocking incidents that we've had here.
2: Oh, yeah. Like,
1: without... Conversely, now, like... I think they've also taken all of the track's personality away, too. Which is probably... A, probably not a good thing to say about a track, I think. You've fixed all the problems, and now it has no personality. It
2: still has the bridge, and as I mentioned, that's... A bridge of- is
1: not a personality for a racetrack. Not for Nashville and not for high-speed ring.
2: <laughs> I can argue that it's not a monument of the track.
0: Uh I, 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 my general thoughts on it is I'm pretty neutral to it. I think it's funny that it looks like a pork chop. I think that pit lane is going to be very interesting to see in real time. It's going to be, be of, the
1: oh, worst yeah, the, pit lane entry I have uh, ever uh, seen on a oh, yeah, race
0: the, the pit lane is going to be
2: like a hot mess, ironically, that's at that's inside a parking lot to Nashville
0: Coliseum. Of course it is. I was going to say it looks like a mess to me. I like, I like like that pit lane entry and whatnot. I think the track itself is fine. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I, I think I think it'll race well enough. You've still got the bridge as a, as a major two overtake choke point. Um, you know the drivers I'm sure will use push to pass to potentially overtake on. I think it's fine. I don't think it's going to blow anybody away. Um, and I think when, by the time it actually rolls around next year, I don't think we're going to notice the differences very much. On, on, yeah. Besides the pit line, which will be yeah. a mess, like like like, like Detroit's was. Look, I love Laguna
2: Seca. We all love Laguna Seca. And growing up, watching American open wheel racing, to me, Laguna Seca, I always remember that as a finale or a championship deciding round. Attendance reports aside, it's typically not a track that's conducive to race finishes that aren't painfully routine. You know, you get. A high percentage of front row starters to go on to win the race most of the time. And that's part of the reason why people saw Sonoma as a not good place for a championship decider. And that place did not have a whole lot of American open wheel racing cachet. Slash was only in one Gran Turismo game and not several. Um, Auto Club Speedway has held championship finales, but now they don't know what to do with it. (laughs) They want to turn it into something else, or they might just tear it down entirely. I don't know. St. Petersburg and Long Beach had interesting championship finales, but they only got uprooted out of their spring dates because of a once-in-a-generation pandemic. And, well, a finale at IMS and Road Force just ain't it. I get the skepticism. I get that with the shitty amount of nasty work that the Tennessee GOP is doing, uh in their own state the amount of money that's being put behind this trend towards sports washing but just by itself as an event it might just work i'm willing to give it a chance
0: fair enough i can't really argue for much more than that um and that'll just about do it for this episode um indycar is back this weekend it's uh for the gallagher grand prix it's at the indianapolis road course for the second time this year Maybe in the last year we get two of these in, in the over a season because it's looking like the Milwaukee Mile will take its place next year. So enjoy it while it while, while it comes around. I think I think it's gonna I think they're gonna cut the number of laps as well because I think they did that last year. I think it was seventy five instead of eighty five laps. Have and to potentially and the
2: last uh, in NASCAR race around the road course uh, this please, weekend. Please no more. Please
1: <laughs> kill it after this year. Every NASCAR race around this track has been total fucking
2: chaos. You're gonna get the brick car 400 back and you're going to like it.
1: I am not gonna like either of these options.
2: What if, what if we added Kamui Kobayashi this weekend? There's still no dice. (laughs) He drives a lot ball good, RJ. What if we, what if we gave you Kamui Kobayashi and Jensen Button and took out Noah Gregson and replaced him with Mike Rockefeller?
1: You're it's getting stop. there. You're getting there. <laughs> it's a stop. Uh,
2: I'll I'll throw
1: in my counter offer tomorrow.
2: God, yeah, we're, we really are trying to become a NASCAR
0: podcast. Have your people call our people. Um, but until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Cam Buckley and RJ O'Connell. We'll catch you next week for, again, as mentioned, IndyCar at the Gallagher Grand Prix. Until then, thank you very much for listening. Sayonara. You know,
2: Laguna Seca may have the corkscrew, but does it have... Kid Rock's big-ass and rock rock-and-roll steakhouse?! Go to hell,
1: RJ. God help us.